1: Welcome to Cavs a podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with Write Down Euclid and Evil Genius. I'm back. He's back, baby.
0: Maybe I uh, should have stayed away.
1: <laughs> unlike the Cavalier offense, yeah. No, pro- no kidding. What, what's up with that? What why you come? Yeah, back I don't know, man.
0: I'm going to have to leave.
1: Yeah. So
0: I didn't watch either of the last two games, and they won them both. So I guess. Maybe I shouldn't watch uh, game six
1: or seven. Yeah, and the Cavs tonight lose eighty three to ninety six. And felt Walmart. like a lot
0: more though, didn't it? Felt like it was like a twenty point loss.
1: Well, you know, at that pace, it it equivalent it's equivalent of a thirty point loss in a you know a game with that much more scoring. So yeah, I mean, well, I it think, was.
0: I think the Celtics took about like. At least, at least 10 or 12 more shots than the Cavs did because the Cavs yeah. turned it over so many times.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Celtics also had seven offensive rebounds um, to the Cavs' three. And, uh, yeah, the Celtics had all the energy. They had um, the Cavs just turned it over a million times, like you said. Fifteen uh, to
0: be exact. Fifteen turnovers and 17 assists. Although, two of the assists happened in garbage time, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so they basically had a one to one assisted turnover ratio. Um well, cat, The Celtics, 37% from the field, 33% from three. They took 39 threes. And um, they were 21 to 23 from the free throw line, while the Cavs were 12 to 19. Um, and then out rebounded the Cavs 45 to 39. Um, and 18, of, like you. You said 18 assists, uh, to 17 for the Cavs, and then only eight turnovers uh, for them. So if if you had come into the game and saying, "Hey, you're going to help the Celtics to 37 uh, percent from the field and 96 points," you'd have thought the Cavs would have won the game. But
0: yeah, not in Boston.
1: Not in Boston. Yeah. Um, I, as I said in the in the email chain. Ty Lu could screw up the Globetrotters. Only he didn't
0: say <laughs> screw. <laughs>
1: I, I didn't, but. Um, God, there's so much to cover, but. So if you had to pick one thing that you thought was the Cavs' biggest problem tonight, e.g., what would it be? Tyron Liu? Okay. <laughs> okay, expound.
0: Uh, he didn't really react. You know, I mean, the the problem with Tyrone Liu, the maddening part about him is he's always one or two steps late, or you know, about about five minutes too late in, in game time or real time to make adjustments in game. And you know, when you've got your starting backcourt that is when I mean, they shot two for eleven, you know, um, I don't know. You you don't you don't stick with those guys. You know, if, if, if they're if the Celtics, Brad Stevens did something beyond just put uh, Aaron Baines in the starting lineup tonight, which certainly threw things off a little bit. And I don't know why LeBron refuses to drive at Baines. The couple of times he did, he went right past him. And even though he got fouled, like made the bucket, but like it happened literally twice in this game. LeBron seemed gassed from the start. I don't know why that is. I don't know if he just had a bad prep for it or if they were really just just forcing him to go through so many so many screens and, and try to do too much in the in the beginning, but um I don't know. LeBron played thirty nine minutes and he looked like he played forty nine minutes. He just looked yeah. out of gas the whole night. And you know, it just it just this weird like Again, yeah, Kevin Love got a couple of ticky tack fouls early, both of which were not f- at fouls at all. Like, we're, I don't even think he touched his man. Certainly not uh, yeah, that second the, one. But yeah, but but, but, but Tyloo just went just immediately like shelled up and was like, "Okay, we're gonna get Kevin out of the game and let's let's put in Jeff Green along with <laughs> Tristan." <laughs> and that, it's just a recipe for disaster. And I yeah. don't know. I just I think. People said like, well, Brad Stevens, you know, outsmarted Ty Lue in the first two games, and then Ty Lue turned the tables on him in the second two, you know, by starting Tristan, and then, you know, Brad Stevens had a counterpunch tonight, which again wasn't just putting Baines in the starting lineup. It was he played only seven guys, like yeah, Yabuselli and Nader got in for three minutes apiece at the end, but he played seven guys in this rotation. Yeah. That's it, and they're young guys, so they can do it. Right? I mean like Horford's like Horford and Baines are the old men of the group. And Horford's what, thirty one? Baines is I think I think twenty nine thirty. Um you know, these guys they just they just went out and they they played swarming defense all night for forty eight yeah. minutes. Even in the end they were like swarming guys. Although, you know, the Cavs Rodney Rodney Hood hit a couple shots going in, including a three. So at least he agreed to go into the garbage time tonight. Mm-hmm. Which, as yeah. somebody said on the on the in response to me on the thread, probably means Tyloo will start him next game.
1: So <laughs> right, right, and I mean, do you and,
0: disagree with me that Tyloo is the biggest problem in this game tonight?
1: No, I don't disagree with you. I mean, i i was, <laughs> i I was more just like specific things that he did. But no, I I don't disagree with you. His rotations were god awful. I mean, J.R. Smith clearly had nothing to give them in the second half, and yet Korver only played
0: eight minutes until the fourth quarter.
1: And, and yeah, and yet J.R. Smith kept playing and playing and playing and five personal fouls uh only one turnover one for six from the field just minus 19 from the floor uh just was a disaster um george hill again super passive on the road um not looking for a shot i feel like the Cavs have to make it a point of emphasis every game to get george hill going early uh I mean, in the first half, he just did not look for his shot at all. Yeah. And it was... And I can live with the one for five. I mean, that that's not what the issue is. The issue is just they sag off him so much um, that that you're playing four on five. And then Tristan Thompson, you know, I, I almost felt like when they started Baines, they should have done the you're going to zig, I'm going to zag thing. And, you know, started Kevin at the five and then... Then played Kyle Korver and just said, "You know, we're gonna just outshoot you." Sure, but they didn't do that. Um, It was just, it was just terrible decision after terrible decision. The Cavs passed when they should shoot. They shoot. They shot when they should have passed. They shot way too many threes. How many threes did they shoot that game? Thirty-four, nine for thirty-four. They were just three hunting at the end of that game. Um, I thought that the critical stretch was you know they had a shot to come back. They had cut it in the fourth quarter. I believe they'd cut it to twelve. no it was um, even I think
0: it was even maybe ten at one point,
1: yeah, oh, they I mean, could have cut know. it
0: to eight on yeah, that on was. that LeBron breakaway. And instead, he threw the ball away, yep. and and then Tatum came back down and hit a three. So instead of being down eight, all of a sudden they were like down 15 again.
1: Yeah. Well, that was the third quarter. Oh, was it? Was oh, okay. The, yeah, that was the third quarter, and, and the Cavs had cut it to, I want to say, what, what do we got here? Um, yeah, the Cavs had cut it to twelve. Uh, When Green hit that corner three ball, oh yeah, and I I think I
0: said, I think I wrote it. This is this game is over now that Jeff Green hit that corner three.
1: And then the Celtics took a timeout, and I was just like, and then it got all the way down to six minutes, and I'm like, why does Tyloo still have this bench lineup in? Yeah, and Korver missed a three, and then Clarkson missed two straight threes. James missed a two pointer at the basket, and. That second,
0: that second shot that Clarkson, second three that Clarkson hit when he his like legs like went like scissored. (laughs) It was like, like, wow, (laughs) dude, what what are you doing? Like, I don't know if he was trying to sell a foul or what.
1: I just think he just does not know how to be in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, he just gets too excited, too worked up. And of course, LeBron misses a layup.
0: He's the scarecrow.
1: Yeah, and Horford.
0: If I only <laughs> had a brain.
1: Yeah. So LeBron missed a layup, and then the Celtics come back and throw an alley oop to Horford uh, to put him up fourteen with about five minutes and fifty seconds left, and that oh, was yeah. a game. You could tell. Yeah, you could tell yeah. it was
0: over at that point. I mean, it, I mean,
1: that's just, it. It was one of a million. There was actually three different points in that game where there were five point, four or five point swings. Yeah, and and that was one of three of them. Here's the um, maddening
0: thing, though, that I'm sure is probably being said by Ty Lue as we speak at the at the presser, post game presser, which is, well, you know, we were we were in every quarter except the first one, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is exactly what the Celtics could say about Game Four, you know. Yeah. And I think, look, I think the Cavs are ultimately going to really regret um, coughing up Game Two and wasting a, a really good LeBron performance early. Um, yeah, you know that that will probably come back to haunt them. I mean, you never know. I mean, look, I fully expect the Cavs will have a bounce back game in Game Six, and I think the Celtics won't try to exert themselves too hard because I think they know they've got they they've been unbeatable at home. So I think you know, and the NBA yeah. loves a Game Seven. So I I fully expect it'll go to seven, and you know anything can happen in a Game Seven, but that's. I think i said on the thread like lebron I, I lebron better cavs... hit his lebron better hit his cryo chamber before game before yeah. game 7 but
1: i still think the cavs are going to win this series but uh, <laughs> Tyloo could screw that up <laughs> let's just put it that way i mean Jeff well i feel Green... like we haven't
0: heard from rde what what do, what
1: yeah, did you, yeah what sorry. Did you see man yeah if you, if you if you had one thing that was the biggest takeaway from this game... I mean, well,
0: the one thing that the, the Cavs did poorly or was mm-hmm. to blame for yeah. this loss.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was great to see
2: three starters in triple digits, which means we had three starters that combined for 10 points being triple digits. <laughs> um, but I actually... Was...
1: And who were those starters? <laughs> I'll give you three guesses. Um, I mean... I think Tristan. Well, the, the George Hill, Jr. Smith, and Tristan. Tristan Thompson combined for ten points. You got to remember, yeah. there's people that listen to podcasts don't watch the game, so, <laughs> we are news. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes fake news. But yeah. yeah.
2: Um. That, that's. I feel sorry for people getting news from us, but um, <laughs> I think I I was actually really frustrated with LeBron's approach from the get-go. I think he kind of came out and took a. He was pretty aggressive at first, but then took a few shots where it was like, okay, he's trying to go hero ball. He, he wants this to be another big garden game for him. And he took some kind of fancy follow away shots that didn't go in and then just kind of stopped facilitating and stopped playing his best. And then love we they, we tried to go, I think pretty early on, we tried to go bully ball with love, which doesn't seem to ever work in this series. And just from the get-go, it seemed like LeBron and Love kind of threw in the towel. Uh, although, although yeah. Love ended up having a strong first quarter, so mostly it was LeBron. And I mean, I think LeBron just came out and set a bad tone for the game, and our whole offense uh, once again just kind of shut down after that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good point. So what the Celtics did was basically any time that the Cavs got LeBron or Kevin Love on a switch, they were sending a double-team guy, and often that double-team guy was Al Horford, and which makes throwing that skip pass uh, really hard. Um, and, of course, nobody's cutting weak side. Nobody cut weak side until LeBron cut through late in the game off that feed from Kevin Love um, to get an and one. But, you know, nobody cuts weak side and you know if you try and get it done with skip passes all the time it's just not going to happen uh so the cavs just did not know how to deal with that double team and you know never adjusted and they kind of played like you were saying give up ball a- after that and and yeah i thought lebron had one of his worst games in a while i mean i thought he w- i mean he was abysmal in game 1 um and and in this game yeah, he just threw the ball away too many times. He didn't value the ball and next 6
0: times. And it felt yeah, like it felt him. like more. He just was really sloppy in his. I mean, normally his turnovers are ones of of uh, what do they say, commission instead of omission. But it felt like, um, you know, this was this was just LeBron, LeBron being sloppy, and yeah. not really like that pass in transition to Jeff Green, which he just like kind of ricocheted off his chest. It's like that ah. should never pass. You should never make that pass.
1: It's just I don't know about that one. That one they showed that on the replay, and maybe it was because they showed it in slow motion. But I was like, you know, he just looked like a Browns receiver out there. I was like, it only hit him in the hands. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but it was a
0: bullet pass, and you're not yeah. expecting that at that. Yeah. On the, and it's just a weird, it was an awkward angle. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, LeBron should have just take, gone to the hoop. Like, well, he, he had about really three or
1: four times, yeah, where he should have just gone to the bucket, and instead of doing that, he passed and it and turned it over. The guy didn't make the shot. Wasn't
0: that yeah. weird, like, like, floater shot that he tried? I don't it, know. I, I, I'll be honest. I really you didn't. You know
1: what that was? It was the Anton Jameson. I was like, "Oh my God, LeBron just turned forty shot." <laughs> yeah, looked like the he was, Anton looked Jameson like he looked like forty
0: in this game, man. Like, I, yeah. I look. I know he had twenty six points, ten rebounds, five assists, but he really just didn't look. He didn't look good. Didn't look himself. He looked tired the whole game. He made that first three pointer, and again, I think it was he got a little. He kind of Jeff Greened himself. He hit that first one, and then he missed yeah. the next five that he took. He was just no, settling, ga- he, he was just game, settling for, for outside shots all night long.
1: This game, we can say he Jordan Clarkson himself, or yeah, as I call okay. him now, Jordan Clankson.
0: Although Clarkson actually made more shots tonight than he has in any other game, I think.
1: Yeah, well, he had a nice second quarter, and then he played two minutes too long in the fourth. Yeah. Um,
0: he did, but yes. I mean, look, he, looked looked he played. He, he kind of killed that the the drive, you know. Once they he he single handedly like fueled the the run in the second quarter, and then came and killed it with a couple of back to back mysteries after he made the two.
2: Yeah, I mean, Carson yeah. also had some some big defensive plays too. I think it was in the second half, right? Where yeah, he, had a, had he did. Away. He
1: along with Nance, and I thought uh, Larry Nance was the Cavs, you know, best. One of the Cavs' best players tonight. Oh yeah. Um, I thought him getting up and giving a shove. So yeah, in the second quarter, Marcus Morris was yelling at uh, Larry Nance, taunting again, which he didn't call it get called for earlier in the series. I,
0: I thought I thought for sure that the Morris twins, who are pieces of garbage anyways I, I i really felt like that they had done a prince and the Popper, and like marquise and marcus <laughs> had switched places and like ah let's see if they recognize you know because that's just that's just stuff that marquise would usually do is getting people's faces so
1: that'd be oh, funny if that
0: was actually the truth like if somebody <laughs> uncovered that like weird you know like
1: thing like oh yeah <laughs> you, you, you hear you heard it here first <laughs> that's my Here's theory and i'm sticking to it yeah, I mean, Larry Nance basically got up, shoved Marcus Morrison. The Cavs got some energy there, and I felt like they needed more of that chippiness. Yeah. They didn't have enough of it. Like I said, you know, before the game, like, they should, dr- they should address Perkins for this game just to, you know, throw a little static at Baines. Yeah. You know.
2: Well, they actually, I mean, I there was enough of a break after that technical that it it almost gave the Cavs an
1: opportunity to switch the momentum it Uh, did switch the momentum they went on a 12-3 run after that well yeah and the Cavs actually got the better part of that exchange because sorry (laughs) (laughs) the Celtics had two tags to the Cavs one so Kyle Korver hit a free throw and then hit a three pointer so it was a four point possession um, so it ended up working out in their favor, but yeah, they went on a nice run in the second, and then of course, uh, that lineup went away, and the starters came back in, and uh, the Boston starters just gave them a better. They just outplayed the Cavs starters by a lot. I mean,
0: which isn't hard to do when you're when your back no. entire backcourt decides not to actually contribute.
1: Yeah, well, and, and the then the, the hard part
0: too is that Jr. Usually, when he's not shooting well, at least is playing decent defense. Man, he no, got burned. He was just he got playing a stupid lot. defense. He got burned a lot by Tatum tonight.
1: Yeah, and he had two very dumb fouls in the penalty, where yeah. he just gave him free points basically, and then of course nobody expects Yolo Marcus Smart to drain, you know. Oh no! Five, someone
0: called it in pregame. I think.
1: Yeah, five just ridiculous shots from the perimeter. Three of them three pointers, and then. Yeah.
0: Well, no, he yeah, had those two like those two like like I I think I said the one time in his life that Marcus Smart has ever used a glass on purpose. Yeah. When he <laughs> when he banked that that one floater in, and then he went down and had another insane like just throw it up and see if it goes in drive. To go with yeah. his three three pointers, but but that's look that's Marcus Smart. That's what he does, you know. Once and once every three or four games, he'll he'll hit a few, and you'll think, oh no, we have to look out for Marcus Smart. But the truth is, you really don't. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing I the thing I don't I really don't get, and this speaks again to Tyloo and Longobardi and their absolute the Cavs just absolute inability to play to recognize things on defense. Like, there were two times that I that I I just sort of slapped – I just did a facepalm in my living room because the first one was, I think in the first – it was in, in the first – maybe the – it was first quarter, towards the end of the first quarter, and the Celtics ran a play where they double screen up top to get, you know, to get Jalen Brown open, who's like running around the side. And – I could see it coming from a mile away and but somehow the Cavs couldn't you know and it's like they, they the Celtics ran that play at least five times tonight to get to get Jalen Brown open open threes on the wing and then the other thing is that Jason Tatum literally every time he gets the ball top of the key he dribbles he he dribbles to his left and then stops steps fakes steps to his right and shoots Every time, how do you not stop that? Yeah, he's a rookie. He's twenty years old. It's not like he. It's not like you can't figure that out. I, I don't know. No, I just don't, clearly
1: I, they I, cannot figure that out. Like <laughs> the Cavs just have too many, you know, minus defenders on the wing. They got JR Smith and uh, the other guy, um, Jeff Green. Just. They're just minus defenders on the wing. But how does Jr. go from really getting a good handle on Oladipo
2: to two series later just completely dropping off?
1: He didn't really have a great handle on Oladipo. They just double teamed him so much. I I didn't feel I felt like any time Oladipo had Jr. Smith one on one, Jr. Smith was yeah pretty much on roller skates. I if thought those guys did.
0: Him, they did a both Green and JR did a better job on DeRozan, but the thing with DeRozan is he doesn't really have a three-point shot. He's been better at yeah. it this year, but when he panics, when you when you defend him even a little bit, he's going to come in and try to either drive or, or shoot the long two, and they can defend that. But they can't defend, they can't seem to close out these guys uh, you know, on on threes, and the Celtics were just bombing from three to from, from the opening whistle tonight. Like, they... They were just—I mean—that would seem to be their plan. Was we'll just park Bane's in in the middle, and we'll just everyone else will just shoot. And the problem is, if you're gonna do that, you've got to make them pay for having Bane's on the floor. And the Cavs didn't do that because LeBron didn't drive, and the and and the shooters weren't knocking down shots.
1: Yeah, and I, I almost think a bigger issue is the way the Cavs worked their offense. It was like they took the very first semi open shot that was available instead of making the defense work. Like and the problem was is the ball moved so slowly in those ISO situations. Like when they swung the ball and the ball moved and they made Boston move bodies, then they got good looks. But when, you know, Kevin Love would get the ball you know fading away in the corner or whatever. It they they wouldn't get it. Yeah. But it was like the very first semi-open look they took every time. And they never made the Boston defense work and rarely moved the ball and just didn't trust the pass. You know, like I said, they passed when they should shoot and they shot when they should pass. Like especially in transition they should have just gone to the basket more, but Yeah. Uh You know, in the half court, they just never worked the offense and never made Boston play defense. Um, And maybe part of that was because they were afraid of the officiating. Like, Boston was getting a lot of calls. But, you know, you at least got to give your offense a chance, and they didn't do that.
0: Yep. But there's no excuse to play J.R. Smith and Jeff Green 26 minutes each and play Kyle Korver 19, most of yeah, Especially especially a lot of that was in garbage time.
1: Yeah, and and when they're and when those two are abjectly awful, awful. I mean, Jarrer Smith was abysmal in the third and early fourth quarter. Yeah.
0: and how about this? Kevin Love, even though Ty took him out with the two fouls early, didn't pick up another one, and went, still wound up playing thirty-one minutes. So yeah, it's like you know, it's a playoffs, dude. Like, use your fu- you're going to use your fouls. You're obviously going to use your fouls yeah. in a game like this where clearly. I mean, these referees were. I don't usually complain about the referees. I mean, I, I probably do, but
1: yeah, in the first half they were they were garbage,
0: abjectly horrible. And actually, that was the good thing about the 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 fisticuffs that happened because that actually got things tightened up a bit, and they were starting to call make calls on some of the illegal screens and and uh, you know some of the some of the clearly obvious jersey grabs. But yeah you know but up until that point i was but i'm with you like i was i was really happy to see nance fight back right there and I mean, what a bitch terry rozier is like you see the scratch <laughs> wow. like scratch oh i'm serious like like I, I like morris is morris is a turd but and, and he's a fake tough guy cuz those the morris twins are idiots man like they they can't you know they they're always talking they they rarely they rarely back it up you know and it's It's annoying to see them get even a little bit of, you know, of whatever going. But those guys talk all the time, and they're just garbage players. The NBA will be a better place when the Morris twins are gone. However, (laughs) for Terry Rozier to push his little punk ass in there and scratch Larry Larry Nance's shoulder, I'm like, what? Dude, if you're gonna what do something, that? who? It's a you know what it is. It's a it's a total like like woman move. Like he like <laughs> I'm gonna scratch you with my net. I was like, really? that guy should get kicked out of the game and have his freaking <laughs> card revoked. Like just, I, I, know, you, I know business you, they should have
1: started perk. And I'm telling you, if maybe they, they will, will game back, six. Well, if they can get, I, I'm not so worried about game six. Like if they can't win game six at home, then they don't deserve. Win the series, but they <laughs> won't have a choice. Yeah, well, I know, but it. But Game Seven, if they make it back to Boston, they need to start Perk. And I just hope Terry know, Rozier realizes, realizes what a
0: people. bitch he is. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you're
2: you're over you're underestimating how slow Perk is. I mean, he I'm not like underestimating this. how slow. Like you,
1: I just think he just needs to lay some illegal screens on people. Yeah. <laughs> I just worry that the he needs to go full on Kelly Olinic retribution on on some people. So yeah, I just I picture him
2: now as such a slow lumbering player that he's going <laughs> to try and level a screen, but the ball going to be going down the other side of the court. <laughs> right, he exactly. Does it?
1: Yeah, like he's moving in. Sl- it's like that Star Trek where he's moving in slow motion, and everybody else is in like real time. My favorite uh, no, I get that. moment of the game was, I mean, it, when when Nance came
2: in and kind of. Caused the ruckus and, and started playing winning ball. I was trying to think of a nickname for him, and then I was looking up his dad's old nickname. Do you guys know what Larry Nance Sr.'s nickname is? No. It is the High Ayatollah of Slamola.
0: <laughs> I've never heard him call that, and I grew up watching him.
1: That is fantastic. I don't. I. Who called him? Wow. That? I mean, I just. I
2: just. Googled Larry Nance nickname and <laughs> that came up. Is that a
0: college thing? Because I don't remember him being called I, I, that in the
2: NBA. I think it was associated with his slam dunk win the con- oh, slam dunk competition. Maybe, yeah.
1: The High Ayatollah of Slamola.
2: I like it up there with the Hick from French Lick. Maybe one of the best yeah. nicknames of all
1: time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I loved his energy that game. I feel like, you know, and I've said it. Why is Jeff Green getting twenty five minutes and Larry Nance getting seventeen? Like Larry Nance gives him so much more. He had four blocks in seventeen minutes. Like how is he not playing more? It's just it's mind boggling and you know, how is Chetty Osman plus five in three minutes? How you know, how is he not playing more? It, it
0: Well the the commentator made I think uh, what Jeff Green said, Oh, some a really nice defensive play by by Ante Zizic. <laughs> I thought, man, I, yeah. I've wanted to hear that a long time ago.
1: Yeah, it's just—I mean, it's just these rotations with it. That lineup they started the fourth quarter with. Uh, the, was it the plague lineup? I think it was. Yeah, it was no Larry. love,
0: no love, no LeBron. I don't think Kyle was out there either. I think it was just. Yeah, it, it was, it just was a Larry Jefferson. It was the death Jordan. lineup.
1: Yeah, the plague lineup. <laughs> yeah.
0: By the way, just so I just to clarify what I said earlier, I, I hope no women were offended by what I <laughs> what I said about Terry Rozier because in a, in fact it, that's not even a, a like a woman thing to do. That's like a no, chi- no, no. It's like a child it's, thing to do, and I I certainly yeah. didn't mean bitch in a derogatory way to well, women. Well, the female so. dog. No, Joe, the 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 you know the the guy who you know who wow. fights like that. I mean,
1: yeah, it's who like, does that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was really it was really pretty. I, I had a lot of respect for. Terry I felt Rose here like I was before Claws that before that happened. T N T. Yeah, but I had a lot of respect for the guy, being a guy from like Youngstown, Cleveland area, and worked really hard. You know, he he stepped in and and you know filled in for Kyrie when Kyrie went down you know and i I've, I've actually been a real you know fan of rosier's game but something like that i'm like i'm not going to forget that like that's that's just that's just garbage there's Can no he really again. scratch him scratched him like you could see it like claw marks down his arm like i was like well, they're going to have to go give him like like mop him up for that cuz it was it looked like it was bleeding too but um yeah I don't know i mean Terry was there he needs to cut his nails and then he also needs to like man-, man up and and actually if you're gonna if you're gonna you know take it to somebody like shove them or something then don't just don't scratch them
1: yeah i mean he he was uh <laughs> it 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 was interesting i mean he i'm trying to find this i'm trying to make a joke here and it's just not working. I'm trying to... Who is the girl? He's a Niecy Nash from Claws on TNT. Yeah, I went a long way for that. that <laughs> yeah, you <was> did. <laughs> you went deep for that. Yeah, like, and the, pro- the problem is, is none of the Cavs games for this series are on TNT. They're all on uh, ESPN, so...
0: Right. Well, the good but, news about that is that Doris Burke gets to be our sideline commentator, and and he, uh, yeah. for the most part, we don't get ridiculousness, although... There's always going to be Mark Jackson and and Jeff Van Gundy ridiculousness, but
1: although they weren't that bad tonight, and there was a couple like that one ridiculous charge call that Larry Nance got called for. Oh over yeah, Aaron yeah. Baines, where, where I was like, Jeff Van Gundy had a great line. He said, "You you get rid of that play, you got to get rid of the NBA." Yeah. I mean, it was just it no. Was it was clearly more... in
0: the in the restricted area. Now, now I could see why. I mean, first of all, it was a really delayed whistle, but. I could see why... Because cause the, on the slow-motion replay, it did look like Nance elbowed um, elbowed Baines in the side of the face. So maybe call it for that. But I don't know. I mean... Yeah. yeah it's tough.
2: It's a tough call.
1: Yeah. Man, do I hate this Boston team.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I, I would have actually not minded losing to the Raptors all that much. Um, but losing to this
1: team is just so frustrating if if we do. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, Al Horford one of my least favorite players ever and to lose in a way where you are you you hold the team to 37% from the field and you still lose and you shoot 42% from the field and you still lose. It's just it's well, horrible.
0: When you when you let the other team have 11 more shots than you take.
1: And, and that, you turn the ball, and you turn, and then the turn ball the ball
0: game. over fifteen times, and you go yeah. nine of thirty-four four from three. You do. Yeah, yeah, and you shoot sixty-three percent from the line.
1: Yeah. And that's
2: that's
0: the problem. You are gonna you are you are you are shooting yourself in the head, which is what I mean, the yeah. Cavs it, have done.
2: It, it does feel like they were content, as as you stated the other day, Nate, to just they're content to just play sixteen good games, and they kind of know yeah. it. But the weird thing, and, and maybe the reason to be potentially optimistic, is the game was still eminently winnable, which is very frustrating because you can see so many times when we could have gone on a run or if we were just five points closer, it would have been a game. So maybe that's a good thing that even though when they came out almost laying down from the beginning, they
1: still had a shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it-
1: yeah, and and Kevin Love did that thing at the beginning where he hit a couple threes early and then just went three hunting. And and he was he was pretty bad. He was a game low minus 22. Um, he just could kind of... They could never overcome his offensive deficiencies. And, he had a great and, block on Baines, though. Yeah, he did. He had a great block. He had some great plays, but they could never string enough of them together. Yeah. Um,
0: well, he missed a wide open corner three uh, yeah. in the third when LeBron sat down, which yep. could have gotten him, I think, within maybe 12 at that point. But
2: The weird yeah. thing is, it seems like he has actually pretty good clutch D, despite what we all have expected. He's, he's got really good clutch D, particularly in the fourth quarter,
1: but his, his clutch gene on offense seems to be failing this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. Uh, The other, uh, and obviously as you pointed out, you cannot win when you have three starters combined to go two for 14 like Tristan, JR, and George Hill did. I mean, Tristan, they tried posting him up a couple times early and both times he missed. And I was like, what is this? This is a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. They just had so many stretches where they just made awful decisions on offense. Yeah. Like, they had that stretch in the second quarter, or it was late first, early second, where they just took three straight terrible jump shots and then turned it over. Yeah. It was like, you know, you just can't give away possessions like that.
0: Yeah. But, look, it wasn't – I don't know that they star- the Boston starters were much better. I mean, Rozier was 1 of 12 at one point, and No, they weren't much Jalen better. Jalen Brown – he and Jalen Brown combined to go 7 of 30. You know, for right now, granted, Brown got to the line a bunch, so he got his he got his points. But you know, what the difference in the game were the sixth and seventh man for the Celtics because Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart both they both hit three of six threes, and they both had thirteen points, and they were aggressive defensively and and offensively, and you know, right there, I mean. That that that's a huge boost for them from the guys that you know the, the two guys that Brad Stevens brought off the bench. So if you're gonna get yeah, that kind of maybe you know
1: sorry go ahead if you're gonna
0: get that kind of production, you know I mean the the Cavs played four guys off the bench you know significant minutes and you know I think they they still only combined to what what ten. 20, you know, for 25 points, one point less than the two guys did on the Celtics bench. So,
1: yeah, but the other way of looking at that is if Larry Nance gets 10 more minutes and Tristan Thompson gets 10 fewer, and if Kyle Korver gets 10 more minutes and J.R. Smith gets 10 fewer, then, you know, this might be a Cavs win. I, I, it was. It's just managing lineups, and Ty Lue is just simply not doing it. He cannot recognize in the moment, or when planning the game, what his best lineups are, and it is killing the Cavs, especially on the road. Well, that's yeah. the weird
2: thing is because I mean, if if your alternative to JR was Jetty, you'd be like, okay, fine, he's just not playing Jetty. But with Corver at 19 minutes, he could easily just swapped. Those Corver and Jr minutes, Jr wouldn't have thought yeah. anything of it
1: if he's getting subbed out for Korver. Uh, yeah, and and you can say, oh well, Corver's they're going to go after him on defense, but he couldn't have been worse on defense yeah. than Jr was. <laughs> I mean, Jr was just a train wreck, and Corver's not. You know, if Corver's going to make a foul, it's going to be like a strip foul on a shot. It's not going to be a stupid foul like Jr just giving points away, and it's just. And just bricking threes. And when they came out in the third quarter and we start trying to set him up for threes, I was like, why don't you get him a play going to the basket? You know, if a guy's struggling from downtown, you know, don't get him a play shooting another three. Get him a play going to the basket. But it's just when they and when they put him in these isolation positions where he tries to score on somebody, like they just. Ran so many dumb isolations. They had J.R. Smith running dumb isolations. They had Tristan Thompson running dumb isolations. They had, you know, I guess those were the two really bad ones. But, well, and then Larry Nance would get good isolations and wouldn't shoot. He would, like, try and force a pass. And I was like, you've got Jalen Brown on you. You know, Tristan Thompson's going to post that guy up. You're a much better post player than T- Tristan Thompson. Take that shot. You know? Yeah. But they wouldn't do it. I mean, it's just pass when you should shoot, shoot when you should pass. So I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, the worst is I had a his uh, article pop into my Google feed today. It was J.R. Smith quote was the headline and saying he loves nothing better than going out on the road and silencing a crowd.
1: <laughs> well, apparently they should have had the dog. I guess the 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 fact that they did not have the North Carolina baseball team Golden Retriever there on the uh in the locker room was was a bad omen for the cats.
2: I read that too and I was like oh yeah. when the, when I said he wasn't when they said he wasn't going to be there tonight I'm like oh crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the team's thinking about getting a therapy dog and I'm like yeah mm, I was like yay, whatever works.
2: Yeah, you know. absolutely. Of course then LeBron said they said LeBron <laughs> could care less.
1: Well, LeBron clearly does not need a therapy dog. Which means he's leaving, of course.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. So, I guess my question to you guys, do you... So, LeBron, do you think it was just a bad game? Do you think he wasn't feeling well? Is this just the season catching up with him? I mean, or is there just not enough information to draw a conclusion? Does he bounce back? What do you think, uh, EG?
0: Oh, I think he bounces back. I don't think he'll let the season end in in Cleveland. I think uh, I think he'll 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 be motivated to come out and play well and I think the, the guys who play better at home than on the road will play well and I think the Celtics to a degree, while they'll put up an effort like they usually do, um, you know, I, I think I think the Cavs should be able to win game six. And force a game seven, but I don't know i mean i I honestly don't know if LeBron's gonna have enough gas left in the tank to have you know back to back with just a day in between Herculean efforts to you know to to pull it through. I wouldn't bet against him like most people make the mistake of doing um in the national media, but I also can see where. You know, it might just be one step too far. One one too many things to ask him for, yeah. and um, it, it's yeah.
1: tough because I feel like he's got to not only come the overcome the Celtics, but he's got to overcome his own head coach.
0: Well, and and there's also that. I mean, look, it's it's always a like, give me get to give me enough to get to the finals, and we'll take it from there. But um, you know, it, it doesn't feel like he's got he should have enough to get to the finals. Like it just doesn't feel like a a team that that had anything at point guard for him would would be struggling like this against the Celtics. That yeah. um, not George saying Hills not saying even Madden. Kyrie would would yeah. be the. I mean, certainly Kyrie would make a difference, but um, you know, but even even a you know uh, a Jose Calderon in his prime or George Hill yeah. from. You know, from the Spurs or Indiana, maybe would be helpful. But um, you know, I, I don't know if it's a question of these guys just haven't played long enough with him, or they just they just can't. I mean, you know, I've heard it said that that maybe that's exactly why LeBron needs is for somebody who can who can just play their own game off of him, even though he always sort of denies that. But like, he was always at his best when he had. Uh, a Dwayne Wade or a
1: Kyrie yeah. as somebody uh, who uh, your could your-turn-my-turn turn, guy. Yeah,
0: just somebody right. who could create their own shot, kind of like what Chris Paul's doing for James Harden right now in that series. Yeah, You know, yeah. it's just that he doesn't... LeBron doesn't have that guy, and Kevin Love can't be that guy because he can't create his own offense.
1: And clearly Jordan Clarkson is not that guy.
0: <laughs> not Not this version of Jordan Clarkson. I mean, yeah. you know, look, I've seen him play games where he's... He's been pretty amazing. Not not necessarily for the Cavs or this year, but, but when he played for the Lakers. But, you know, when there's no pressure as you're the you're the you know, the the, the quarterback off the bench coming in yeah. to, you know, mop up and, you know, maybe lead a ragtag Laker team to a few victories, you know, like you know, and you can just pretty much hoist it like, you know, 15, 20 times a game if you feel like it without anybody stopping you. That's a different kind of guy and Clarkson needs a Clarkson needs a better coach. He needs somebody yeah, who can who that. can put him yeah. again he probably needs someone like a Brad Stevens who could put him in positions to win right where positions yeah. to maximize his talent and not because I think I think un, under under Ty Lue, Terry Rozier might be Jordan Clarkson. Do you know what I mean? Like like that's yeah. kind of the the irony of the situation. So I, I I'm I, I'm not yet willing to admit that that Brad Stevens is a great coach because I think he really showed down in games three and four by getting about a bit by Ty Lu, But I'm on the road to saying that he's a very good coach, and if he if his ragtag group of youngsters, you know, plus Al Horford can can you know overturn the Cabs in in this series, even if they get. Swept in the finals. That's still a big stepping stone on the way to, you know, to earning the the hype he's had for the last four or five years.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, what I didn't get is why. And it would be pretty easy to look at this game and say the Cavs were kind of saving it in the tank. They know they only have to win one game in Boston, and this isn't going to be it. But then, why did LeBron <laughs> come back in the fourth quarter?
1: Yeah, and and they even said something, you know, the Cavs are down 20 here. Why are you even playing LeBron?
2: Yeah, and he he honestly, like, he wasn't mailing it in either. I mean, there was a stretch right at the very end where they had one last, like, flurry of defense and LeBron was playing hard. So it's a little confusing or disconcerting as to why, if, again, if he's playing under control, why he was playing so hard at certain stretches
1: during this game. I, I will say the one thing is stuff does carry over even in garbage time to the next game for your confidence and, you know, what and and maybe if you think you can get something going a little bit, you you do that and get a guy going, but, yeah, I don't... LeBron's not that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron's...
0: No, he doesn't <laughs> need any, any more... I mean, he'll be the first guy in the gym hoisting shots at, you know, at like yeah. 1, 8, 1 p.m. The, the, the game day, too, which, you know, I mean, look, the... We we've we all conveniently forget that the dude actually played all eighty two games this year and yeah. averaged no, I don't the most forget. the that's most a, minutes of almost anybody in the NBA. I mean I know Brian Windhorst doesn't.
1: No, forget. not almost.
0: He did, I know. But that's yeah. that'll catch up with you. And especially yeah. you know a <laughs> of game five of the Eastern Conference Finals where you kinda hope yeah. it wouldn't.
1: But it
0: has. It and seems. you've already
1: played a seven-game series in this playoff, in this year's playoff. Yeah. I and I, I do think I mean I, I'm kind of
2: over the comments in the thread about oh LeBron doesn't want to go up against the Warriors and he's going to wait to see if Houston has a chance to see. If he, like I think that's
1: total BS. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. But I,
0: well I, obviously if if he, this Houston wins last night, you would think oh now's the time to put 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 the foot on the gas. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I do think there's probably uh, an element just because he is human of, of you know I mean he's tired, he's been at this for how many straight years. I mean he said it in the, in the post games how often now he just kind of talked about how tired he is. Yeah, and it's, he's kind of gone and I'll, I'm not the first person to say this, but he's gone, Danny Glover. I'm too old for this shit.
1: Yeah, what was it? He said he said he didn't have too many more final or playoff appearances um, to be buying people suits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, in the article about the suits. Well, he also wow.
0: it was weird that yeah. he said that made that comment uh, after last game about you all don't know the whole story of my childhood, but y- y- you know, when I'm, when I'm playing time is done, you'll hear it. I'm like, why are you talking about that?
2: He's I mean, actually—he's made that comment a few times before. Yeah, but this, this one—I
0: don't know—somehow this stuck out to me. Like, I—it—it—it it, it, it took me immediately to thoughts of like Joe Thomas and Jim Brown and guys like that. Because I gotta be honest with you, like, the thought occurred to me that you know. LeBron, I mean, the reason why people don't bring up the the whole LeBron, Chris Paul, you know, fighting for the the five-year Supermax, and then, like, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they then take advantage of that themselves, is that LeBron James makes more money outside of basketball than he does in playing basketball, so that, you know, I mean, if he retired at the end of the season... He'd still probably make more money than anybody in the NBA next year just from his farewell tour shoe endorsements. You know what I mean? Like that's just yeah. the fact. Of so do you think reality. there's a
1: chance that he? I'm not gonna.
0: I, I I don't want to necessarily be like like throwing that out there as a as a conspiracy theory. But if you think about it, like I just stop and think about it. Right. So you're LeBron James. You're 33 years old. You'll be 34 midway through the next season. You've already pretty much beaten every, like you you own almost every record in in the record book except for total points. Which, if you want to get that, you're going to have to play at least five more years to beat to beat Kareem, right? Because Kareem just played till he was 45 or whatever, or 42. So you think about that, right? So he owns most of the records. The chances of him winning another championship start to decline, because if you look at the places he could actually go, right, the places that, that have been the, unless there's a dark horse candidate out there, like like somebody said the other day, like, oh, maybe he'll go back to Miami, because he really likes it in South Beach, and that would mean he would just, you know, play with two franchises, you know, and you could probably put enough pieces around him there to, to compete, at least in the East, right? But, like, for him to go to Houston, we all know that there's huge cap problems there, and oh by the way, if Houston somehow gets past Golden State, anyways, what do they need LeBron James for, right? So it, it, it's it's sort of like if if he were to go there, well, then then well,
1: what did the Warriors need Kevin Durant for?
0: Well, they lost in the finals.
1: <laughs> oh, that's true.
0: So, yeah, okay. but but my what my point is is that is that Houston would have to completely restructure their team. They'd have to find somebody to take Ryan. Uh, what's his name? Um, you know the guy that never plays now, the Ryan Anderson, and then yeah. they'd have they'd still have to have convince LeBron and Chris Paul to take pay cuts, just so they can have those three guys and like maybe Capella and a bunch of like you know D League players around them, right? So yeah, that's if that's that scenario for him to go to Philly. the The biggest problem with the Philly thing is that. They they need outside scorers to go along with Embiid, who plays a middle middle end game, and Simmons, who can't really shoot, and Simmons has to have the ball in his hands. So as so somebody said, unless LeBron's willing to at this stage of his career go be an off ball guy that stands in the corner and shoots threes, or like you know, or or you know, or uses that to drive. This you know, you're you're only going to Philly if you probably. You know, you're probably trading Simmons, maybe? I don't know. I mean, you know he likes Simmons, but, like, how can you both got, both those guys have the ball? You can justify it in Houston where both of those guys can shoot really well, but how do you yep. justify that in Philly? So there's that hurdle, right? New York, they don't have any. And they have Fisdale, and they have Chris Stapps who might be ready by the end of next season, right? And so you look at all these different scenarios that people have floated out there for where LeBron could go. The Lakers, sure, but he needs to go to the Lakers with Paul George and even LeBron and Paul George and the little bits that they have there doesn't guarantee you you're even getting out of the second round in the West. So I don't know. Like You look at that and you're LeBron you're sitting down this summer and you're like, well... What are my options, right? Like, where where would I go? And do I just stay here and take a bunch of money? But, I mean, whatever. I've got money. Like, do I need to sign this super max? So maybe I should just – maybe I just hang it up and be like the guy that, like, said, hey, you know what? I played 15 years. I was never injured. I, you know, I have almost – you know, I've, I have a, a majority of rec- – I'm retiring as the – you know, probably the top three all-time player. I can only probably lose finals from here and, and, and you know, lessen my record. I mean, three and six isn't so bad. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I could see him making that decision and saying, you know what, I'm going to go run my production company in L.A. and endorse products and, you know, and then one day I'll own a team. And Although I do think he needs the, I do think he needs the super money to be able to to buy the team from Gilbert eventually.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was gonna. I kinda, mean, that's a quarter million dollars. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I've read that his his net worth is estimated to be somewhere around four hundred million. So even yeah. he, I don't think he's we're, we're away ways away from hundred. I mean, he would be.
1: He would fans. have to be the face of an ownership group. Yeah. For that to happen, yeah. rather than. You know, he would have to be the Derek Jeter of uh, what Derek Jeter is to the Marlins, you know. Yeah. I mean, I do
2: think the theme, EG, though, that you're touching on of of there is a ton of uncertainty and figuring out he has to be asking himself pretty hard. Where is his place in the current NBA over the next five years? Because I think it is. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll cook something up with. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily Paul George I think he'd love to have him, but I don't think they're gonna. I don't think he, they're they're gonna make insist on that working. But, I yeah I, am going on a bit here, but I think uh, he's probably pretty confused about what to do next.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, he's well, probably not he, thinking about it yet. I mean, I'm sure it's in yeah. the back of his mind, but also yeah. I and I feel like the the more people, and I know he he goes zero. Dark twenty three or whatever. Although I, I, still think he looks at the stuff, um, just to remember it for later. But I think, I mean, everybody in the world is saying oh, he's leave- he's beyond gone. He's left already. Whatever. I mean, you know, and everybody for everybody that says, oh, it's because of Dan Gilbert. I can point to well every other place they've talked about. I mean, like, you think he's going to go to Philly if he if he fundamentally disagrees? Uh, on oh, yeah. on politics, the hedge, we, the
1: hedge fund guys. Yeah, yeah. And you're
0: like those guys are like some of the biggest like you know weasels right and right <laughs> right wing supporters out there, right? So yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it'll come down to that. I think it's either
1: I, I'll give it, you a dark horse. Yeah, Dallas.
0: Uh, I don't think I could see play for Mark Cuban. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I don't think they get along.
1: <laughs> Republic enemy number one for uh for Donald Trump yeah
0: I, th- I don't think so <laughs> and I think Dallas is still too yeah. big of a rebuilding project
1: I'll, I'll I'll agree with you, but he does have a connection with Dennis Smith jr um he does uh they do have a bunch of cap room and could probably figure out a way to maybe move one of those deals to sign him to the max or the other thing... Here's the other thing. But if Dirk would to have to retire. Team,
0: Dirk would have to retire for that to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is if he goes to another team and if he wants to compete for a championship on another team, he's got to take less money. Absolutely. Uh, he can't take a max. The The max is just going to strap the team he goes to too much Yeah. to be able to afford him. I mean, Los well, Angeles... Yeah. You know... They can maybe sign two max guys, and then what do they have around them? You know, yeah, they've got some good players. They got Kyle Kuzma. They got uh, Lonzo Ball. They've got, uh, but that's literally probably it. Yeah. Uh, well, and they've got who's the the young kid? Uh, Josh Hart Ingram.
0: Oh Ingram. Sle- no
1: Ingram. Sleepy and eyes. Josh yeah. Hart. Yeah. But, I mean, aside from those guys, they've got they don't have a lot of other room. I mean...
0: Well, and that's the problem. You know what comes compete, with LeBron, but. right? Initially, what comes with LeBron is the stuff that he brought to Miami or the stuff that he brought to Cleveland. Like, yeah. you're going to have to take a Mike Miller type, right? You're going to have to take, yeah. you know, like... this is just oh, the, I, a James Jones I would James be Jones shocked if
1: he, if he didn't lobby for whoever he went to to trade for Kyle Coru. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. You
1: know, Kyle Coru is one of the better shooters in the league. Uh, and for his contract, he's a bargain. Hundred percent. So.
0: No, but that's you know. I mean, again, you have to look at that. Look, honestly, the best place for LeBron to go, if you took all the emotion out of it and all of the and all of the the storylines out of it, would be Boston.
2: Oh yeah, I was going to say that too.
0: Right, like
1: Boston can't afford it. No,
0: but they could use a guy like I mean, like LeBron would fit oh, perfectly yeah. in that system. Yeah. Right. And th- and they can't afford him if they tr- if they, you know, if they if there was a sign and trade and they moved, you know, like Horford and he, and a, and one of the young guys for him. But hey, Angel never do that. Like what they should what he should do is just trade Kyrie back to the Cavs for LeBron.
1: <laughs> yeah. The problem with that is the Cavs are so far over the cap that they would have to move enough contracts off that they would end up under the cap when they're done or not the cap the tax under the tax when they're done and the team receiving LeBron would also have to be under the tax when they're done and they're so far over it that would be incredibly difficult but isn't LeBron the, the reason
0: why i mean he's 30% oh, it, of their oh it is cap it right? is
1: but it's just the way it is you can't receive a player back if at the end of the trade you are over the luxury tax threshold So that's part of the reason it makes, and that's in a sign-in trade, that makes trading LeBron in a sign-in trade to a team that's, unless that team is massively under the cap, it makes it really difficult.
2: Yeah, This is the the mind-numbing thing about the Kyrie trade, because we were so well set up. If if Kyrie just could have figured out how to exist alongside LeBron, and and we were totally set up for LeBron to slowly kind of fade away, over five years, while well, Kyrie increasingly becomes more important yeah. to the team. Okay.
1: Yeah, well, my take on Kyrie is, and I tweeted this the other day, but I think he's in that Gilbert Arena's career arc. I would not give him, unless he just looks absolutely dominant this next season, I would not give him big money. Like, he just, to me, looks like a guy that is not going to have a good long-term career. He just has too many knee problems. Yeah. I mean this and the way he plays that herky-jerky style and there's not a lot of economy to his game. I I just don't see it. Well, the messed up thing is it's that's fine for Boston because
2: unless he starts getting to a point where his over he does decline and he's demanding too much usage on the court, he fits perfectly fine into their current salary picture with Tatum and Brown locked up for the long term.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing that I see for Boston is it will... I'm not sure Gordon Hayward can come back from this injury either. depends on where the tibia break is and and if he had any nerve damage, if, if that's really going to be an issue. So we'll see.
0: But they've shown this year they don't need those guys.
1: No, they don't need them now, but they're going to eat up their cap and...
0: No, but I, I'm saying, like, Ainge's... If if Ange didn't hang on to Isaiah Thomas because of injury, why would he hang on to Kyrie Irving because of injury?
1: No, I I'm I'm not arguing with you. But no, no the, so
0: I, I'm just saying like I I think it, Danny Ange I'm not a fan, but but the guy's the guy always seems to win trades and it's going to be a really interesting summer cuz there's going to be a lot of teams looking to break things up and and divest themselves and he could he could actually get a He could probably turn... I mean, look, he could probably turn Kyrie into Kawhi if he wanted to.
1: I don't think so. I don't think the Spurs are that dumb to take Kawhi. uh, They may not have
0: a choice. They may be in the same position the Cavs were this last summer.
1: I I think they would go somewhere else. Or, I don't know, I think they would scorch the earth before they would take a bad trade. I, I, I just don't think they're...
0: Oh, I'm not saying it, don't would have be, it would be. It would be only Kyrie. Through. I think they would have. It would have yeah. to be Kyrie and and Brown or Tatum or and uh, you know another another young piece or something. Like that. I mean, I don't think it would be yeah. a. It would be a straight you know one on one on one trade, but
1: yeah, no, I uh, there is that possibility as well. So, but yeah, it it should be an interesting offseason. I mean, look, um, it's not an but, easy
0: decision. Like, I I don't envy the guy that he's had this because. You look at it and like I don't even think I don't even think Gilbert's the problem so much as Tyron Liu has become the problem. Well,
2: well Gilbert's I think the it's problem Gilbert. in so much yeah. as he he's run a shoddy organization for the
1: last year. Oh, longer than the last year. And you know the on the live thread today somebody posted that, you know, LeBron was kind of apoplectic about how badly they got played in the Kyrie trade. It was just like you know, bring him back or get either Brown or Tatum, you know, not getting back Brown or Tatum in that deal to me was just kind of unconscionable. You know, yeah. it's just, it, it was like, what are you doing? It, Isaiah Thomas is one of the most, is, was literally the most overrated player in the league last year. And it just was, the frickin' Dan Gilbert and his pension for short point guards, especially.
2: I mean, <laughs> we were the ones that exposed. I mean, he was pretty injured. Right, at that exactly. Point, but we knew front and center how much you could expose. <laughs> yeah, him. yeah.
1: Somehow, and think. he was an overrated player with a major health issue. It was just like, what are you doing? It, you know, make him, make them walk it back. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. and trade him somewhere else.
0: <laughs> I know, but having said all that. I still believe that that if the Cavs had a coach that could actually develop players and make good in-game decisions, we they'd still be okay with the guys that they have right now. At least to get I've, them to the I've, finals. I'm
1: not at least in the East. Yes. Yeah, I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, look,
0: I think it was going to be a, a, even with Kyrie, and what they if just rolling it back by and adding Jeff Green and and Jose Calderon and. You know, whatever these you know, and bringing and bringing Jetty over, I still don't think they'd have had enough to get by Golden State.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know, but every you know, every year is different. So I still think they're going to the finals. So <laughs> I I'm think they're going to win in Cleveland, and I'm not betting against Boston or Cle- uh, LeBron in a game seven. No, I'm with you. So
0: I'm with you, although. I think it's. I think game game seven is more of a toss up than than I would than I would want, but.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm not saying it's a it's a lock. I was just giving you my opinion. No, no
0: I agree. So. I no, I'm I'm saying yeah. I agree with you. I'm saying I I'd probably be a little bit more on the on the Tom Pestac side of things. Um, you know, with the, well, I don't know, you know. I mean, look, I just, I, I I will be happy if the season doesn't end in Cleveland in Game 6. Yeah. And if they can, you know, take this Celtic team to seven games, all you know, we'll see the, we'll get the replay of 2010 when LeBron walks off the floor and, you know, at, at TD Garden and takes his jersey off for maybe the last time and, you know.
1: I, I don't think we'll see that kind of thing. I think he'll be a lot more <laughs> circumspect and just a uh, more deliberate about how he goes about things. But oh yeah, no, you I never agree. know.
0: I agree. But I mean, look, he he certainly looked he looked bummed out tonight, sitting at the scorer's table in the last yeah. five minutes. Um, you know, I mean, look, Boston's a Boston's a, a a tough place to play, and you know, it's it's yeah. a, it's a tougher place when. When you're losing, there's not really really not much you can do about it, and you just have to sit there and listen to the, yeah. you know, those those fans for you know, for the last five minutes of a okay. of a game like that. But you know, look, I, I'm with you. I think I I don't have any qualms about saying that I, I agree with you that I think the Cavs will go home and take care of business in Game Six. And then Game 7, you know, look, anything can happen in a Game 7. And it's all going to be about momentum. I'd love to see a close game. I mean, we, we've yet to see uh, a game that comes down to the final possession or two in this series, which, honestly, I, yeah. I feel kind of, like, bummed about as a just as a, as a pure NBA fan.
1: Yeah, especially watching that. Uh, did you watch Golden State yeah, Houston last night? Yeah, I did. Night? I did. That was that a was really a great, good game. I mean, it was... It was not necessarily a a really well played game at the end of that game. No, but it wasn't a pretty game. There was to a watch, lot of drama. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a lot of drama. No,
0: but it was a close so. game. It came down to the last few possessions, and you're like, oh wow, like finally, finally. And that's why
1: we watch sports. Yeah,
0: yeah. But look, I I'm okay with the Cavs losing as long as they look like they gave it their best effort and they pushed the team to the brink. Right. I mean, yeah. had they done that in Game Five, I would have been okay with it, but i I guess I'm still okay with it because I. I think I even said in the. In the. You know the write up and the live thread of this. It's like well I do believe they'll win a game in Boston. I just don't know if it'll be this one. I think. Yeah. It'll if there's going to be one they win. It'll be Game Seven. Yeah. Because.
1: And and I think the Cavs are playing five on nine. You know five Celtics and three refs and Ty Lue. So. I don't know. I I don't <laughs> think we can. I think five on on six with Ty Lue in there is the right.
2: <laughs> Cool. I, don't
0: know. I don't know. I was I was pining for Tony Brothers earlier in the evening. If that tells you anything, yeah.
1: I and mean, there were some abysmal calls in that game. That that second foul on Kevin Ugh, Love was garbage. The, it, you almost that's almost one like you want to talk about Sakakis overriding the call on the floor. Yeah, like that was so egregiously WWE a a w- call. N- yeah, I mean that was just like what are you doing? You it, it's just horrible. And then. You couldn't breathe on Horford without him getting a call that game, and yet, um, and yet he. She said that one offensive rebound he had on uh, J.R. Smith, where he's basically got his elbow in the side of his head yeah. on the box out, and you know, basically using him for leverage to jump. It's like, come on, call the call the game evenly.
0: Yeah. So. Um. So What's your what's your feeling for how things will go in Game Six and Eight? Do you think it'll be a blowout? Or you think it'll be close?
1: Um, I think it'll be another you know 10, 12 point game. Like this game was, I didn't really feel like it was a blowout per se.
0: Well, Boston was up by twenty in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, I I feel like the Cavs will win comfortably. I think it'll be real similar to the Game Four script where that. The Cavs get a lead and just just kind of manipulate the clock till they get the win.
2: How about you, know? you R.D.? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm honestly getting a little tired of these games where one team just comes out and throws a haymaker in the first twelve minutes and that's the whole game. But obviously, when we're at home doing it, it's it's nice. So um, I could foresee it being a little bit closer than even maybe game four but um, I'm optimistic about us pulling it out.
1: Yeah, I I feel like the Cavs crowd... I felt like the one thing that ticked me off is I felt like that Boston crowd was really, you know, full of trepidation at the beginning of the game. They were pretty quiet. And I feel like the Cavs crowd can carry them in Game 6. Um... Yeah, so this is a I bit mean more because they got nothing to lose at that point.
2: This is something that's been well. I actually think that the crowd, if things start to get ugly, the crowd's gonna, actually going to go silent because everyone's <laughs> going to start thinking LeBron's leaving. But this is something that I mean, I just got to complain here for a minute because for years now, I, I've noticed that the, the Cleveland crowd is just not. I don't think it's a very good crowd. To be completely honest, I think they they know how to react when things are going our way. We know how to react when things are going away. But they just they don't appreciate hustle plays the way they should. They don't cheer for the little things. They don't cheer when players sit down, which is partially the PA announcer's responsibility to help coax that. But you look I- at that Boston crowd, and they're just such a more knowledgeable, energetic crowd than compared to the Cavs, who are just Cleveland fans are just reacting to whatever... Gets put in front of them.
0: Are you saying this from being at games or just watching them on TV?
2: Uh, well, unfortunately, the last few years I haven't been able to get to as many. Um, and when I when I have been there, in the past, I mean, it's felt very energetic. But more so, just watching it on TV, you just like when you see a guy lay it out or when you see a guy make a great hustle play. Um, there's just not the energy I'd like to see, and they don't they don't really try to will the team back either when the team needs needs support. No, I don't
0: get. know. I feel like I've seen that plenty of times.
1: I I yeah, no, I I think you see it on some nights and you don't see it on others. Yeah. You get a weird vibe on that. I feel like so this is my Tom Pestack troll where I feel like the Cavs have kind of well, and this is around the NBA in general, but the Cavs have kind of priced the average fan out of the the game experience and the other thing that I, I kind of feel like, you know, Eli's talked about it a lot. There's some championship fatigue here. Um, some, you know, the, there's a sense in a little bit sometimes, uh, you know, been there, done that, or these guys are expected to win this. They should be this good. Mm-hmm. You know, we have LeBron. We should be winning this. and But I also feel like it's also a roster construction issue. Like, they have too many guys that at times spend large portions of the seasons not giving a bleep. <laughs> uh, you know, the Jeff Greens and the J.R. Smiths of the world, and, and they're not building that kind of culture with their fan base either. So, you know, I, Larry Nance is a guy I feel like just can totally energize that fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, so may- maybe that's partially the way they built that roster so well, i
2: do i do agree knows? like the the team the, the flip side is that the team doesn't give them reason to hope or cheer a lot of the time um but i will say i mean one if, if cleveland's pricing out its fan base i mean you can imagine that boston and, and san francisco are 10 times yeah. worse although maybe there's just enough rich white douches out there to <laughs> kind of get the that that bring the energy um
1: yeah. Well, well it's a bigger, bigger. Nothing's worse. Too. Nothing's
0: worse than watching Warrior fans chant, do the <laughs> Warrior chant, where you if they were students of forget about basketball, students of movies and film, where they realizes they're actually taunting their own players. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's just th-
2: annoying to hear.
0: Well, seriously, it's yeah. like it's like I want to play the clip for them, like with you know David Patrick Kelly, like you know like clicking the bottles together and it's like what the come up with a better chant guys come up with one that's, that's not actually your, yeah. where you're playing yourselves.
2: Well, the weird thing is way back even I think even before this current iteration I think LeBron 1.0 there was this clip they used to play in game I'm not even sure it's against the Warriors because I never saw the Warriors but they had LeBron I think it was Halloween they had LeBron dress up as that character and holding the bottles <laughs> and was like actually saying warriors come out and play. Yeah, um, which makes sense. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. But look, to your point, like, I mean, look, I I live in L.A. I've been to a, a lot of Clippers and Lakers games. I can tell you, like, I mean, you, you want like apathetic fans, like, come here.
1: That's true. That's like, probably a bad. Example, yeah. like, And I, I, and I even
0: like- would – I would even come – I've even been here, like, not Showtime era, but, like, I was here for the championships with, you know, in the early 2000s with Shaq and, and Kobe. And, yeah, I mean, like, people would get riled up, but they're the first ones they're going to pack up and leave if they're not winning. I mean, you know, and, and there's always that sort of, like, the, you know, the wine and cheese crowd and the celebrity ring that, you know, they, they are who they are. They're not going to get, you know, I, I've heard a lot of criticism about, about that, the lower bowl in on sports talk radio from Cleveland, yeah. just saying, like, they're not wearing the shirts or they're not. It's like, well, yeah, because the seats are... They paid like you know five hundred bucks or whatever for the seats, <laughs> and they're gonna do whatever they want. They do. don't
1: care about a ten dollars t shirt. No,
0: they don't. And yeah. and that's that's on the cabs, you know, like because they they didn't spell out cabs, I guess, and you know because they didn't weren't wearing the shirts. And but like that's on that's on the promotions. Like don't don't have a promotion. Like give that give those those shirts to the fans in the upper bowl if you want to spell something out. It right, these are the right. blue collar people that they're actually. You know, spending a, a week's savings to get a maybe a hundred dollar ticket to you know sit up in the nosebleeds and root right. for the team.
1: Yeah, it
2: does seem like we trail the league in uh, a percentage of people that wear their free
1: T-shirts. <laughs> I kind of love that though. I I kind of feel like that's a maybe they need you to know, make them double Northeast extra. Ohio maybe they need to make them double
2: extra thing. large. <laughs> Woo! Shots fired. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I get it. If I don't know, maybe you just dropped hundred and thirty bucks on your new Cavs jersey and you want to wear that. But these, like that stupid guy in the Trump hat. who I've actually seen that
1: games. <laughs> and then wearing a different yeah. hat two nights yeah, later. Put, that was put great. Put your damn shirt on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, on that note, um, it, it's probably time to wind this thing down. Uh, you guys got anything to pitch? Any, any big uh, Memorial Day weekend plans other than uh, watching the Cavs uh, win Game 7? Um, and Game 6.
0: <laughs> and Game 6. Uh,
1: I hope we don't treat it like an afterthought.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm i going on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I'll probably miss the finals if, <laughs> if they get there.
1: <laughs> it's too exhausting.
0: Yeah, I I need a break, man. I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so my weekend plans, uh I wanna see solo. So Oh yeah? I think I'm going Sunday morning. I keep hearing I keep hearing
0: good and bad. Like I can't decide. Yeah, I hear
1: very mixed, so yeah. of course Last Jedi was very mixed. I did so. really
0: enjoy Deadpool two though, I gotta say.
1: No, oh, I haven't seen it yet. I wanna see it. So if
0: you like the first one, you'll like the second.
1: Um in in are you into the Marvel movies at all? Oh yeah. Did you like the um, uh, Infinity War? I did. I have, I was mixed on it. It was okay.
0: I mean, there was a lot um, of stories to keep it keep track of.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, to me, there one of the problems there was way too many fights. There was more fight scenes than there needed to be. To be honest with you.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Um, I felt like. You know, and they have all these fight scenes with these kind of, like, these generic... um, In the one movie, in Guardians of the Galaxy, they called them paper people. Mm -hmm. Like, these generic uh, bad guys that are almost just, like, meaningless robots that nobody cares if they get knocked off. Well, that's how you can kill a lot of them, right? Well, I know, but it just... Then it just becomes rote. These action scenes kind of just become, you know, filler. Yeah in a way. So, I you know, that was that was probably my biggest criticism of it. It was a little it was it did not need to be 2 hours and 40 minutes. So,
0: yeah. Well, get ready for another one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I'm excited for Solo. So, yeah. And I do want to see Deadpool 2, so.
0: Definitely go see Deadpool 2. It's a good time of the movies.
1: Okay, cool. And I I still want to see um uh what is it the quiet oh quiet place quiet oh yeah you
0: gotta see the quiet place man
1: yeah i want to see that in the movie how things, about
0: you man, already do so. you get out and see uh see flicks
2: uh well as i mentioned on the last one i have a seven month old so uh,
0: okay so oh,
1: no. so that would be a no, <laughs> so, no. You're, you're just wa-
0: you're just see- watching, watching the direct to netflix ones
2: right like yeah. bright and things like yeah, that yeah. And the the, the uh, yeah. cloverfield sequel yeah although i will say my my Big joy! This I guess this is maybe last week now is uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine getting rescued.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Also, man. also probably getting rescued is uh, Expanse. It looks like it. Is, yeah, looks like it's going to go to Amazon. So excited about that! And oh, I've been watching. Um, I just finished the first two seasons of Into the Badlands, oh. which is a you know a total guilty pleasure a fun show, show on AMC. Yeah, and I. I th- I had heard they renewed it for a third season, they did. but I haven't heard anything. They did. Okay, so there's a new season, third season coming out on AMC, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: there'll be a there'll be a third season of that. Cool. Yeah. Some good TV well, this good summer. To hear. There's uh Yeah. Yeah, I mean West Westworld is interesting. This uh, the second season. Oh yeah, I
1: watched a couple episodes of that. I don't Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it can hold up.
0: Americans is about to wrap up.
1: Yeah, I've i ne- I've never watched Americans, but I've heard great things. Yeah,
0: so. I, I hadn't until really the, this this last year and I my my wife and I binged uh the first five yeah. seasons and then we've been watching six in real time. So
1: Yeah, I listen to a lot of Tony Kornheiser podcast and he's always talking about the Americans and the Washington Capitals. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like Caps, I man. I get, Caps are Yeah, they came back and won it. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're in the finals, right? Yeah. Uh, who are they in the finals against? It's a Vegas team. Yeah. Which is crazy. Oh. That's yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought they beat that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're going to play the Golden Knights. Yeah. Just, yeah, the first expansion team. Are they the first expansion team ever to make so. uh, the, I mean, a championship? I, mean, sport, I think so. In any sport, right? Yeah. Any of the four major sports. <laughs> yeah. It's probably easier to do it in hockey than any other sport, too.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, just because... I mean, I, I, I watch about as much hockey as I do, like Highlight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to be an enormous hockey fan, but <laughs> well, you lived in Alaska,
0: three, dude. That's probably oh, why. absolutely,
1: yeah. And and three, but three strikes and all the work stoppages and all that stuff just kind of drained me. I can
0: never follow so, the puck with my eyes. I think I have like. It's well, just-
1: hockey is a sport that is much better live. Than it is on television, yeah,
0: but that's why I said highlight because I I yeah. couldn't watch the the little you know wooden ball yeah. go go that fast in that game either. I just
1: the other thing about hockey is hockey got about a hundred times better on TV when everything went HD. Oh well, shit! Sure. Yeah, so
0: because you can yeah because you can see stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't know yeah. though.
0: It's just a, a, as a sport where fighting is legal. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I was
1: like quasi legal. Yeah,
0: but I mean they kind of let him go. I mean, if they did yeah, that in the NBA, exactly. the NFL, or MLB, like, I, I, you know, I mean, guys would die.
1: <laughs> they, well, yeah, probably. I mean, MLB, as long as they didn't take the bat and balls, they're also fat. That yeah. <laughs> I I do love a good bench clearing brawl in the MLB. There're always <laughs> there's always just so many fun subplots when Yeah, but guys
0: know. get ex- get suspended for for weeks. And yeah. in, in in the NHL it's yeah. encouraged and you just get a few minutes in the penalty box.
1: Yeah. Did any of you guys uh read my article about uh what Tampa Bay's doing with their pitchers? They've started a uh opener role. For the bullpen? Oh, I
0: did see, because they, they're using, yeah. um, what's his name, who used to pitch for Romo, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, I totally could totally see a lot of teams going to that. Like, let's just strike out the first four batters and, or, you but know. But
0: why not just go relief pitchers the whole game? Like, why, why not just say, let's stop paying starting pitchers, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they blow their arms out. When we just we can just pay a bunch of relievers, you know, a few million each, and they can each like take a, take an inning or two.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh, I mean, that's I'm just a legitimate question. I'm saying like I, 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 don't, I don't know, know that know if the game they, would suffer.
1: I don't know if the rosters are big enough for that.
0: Well, right now, but you just expand. Yeah. I mean,
1: well, I, I do think. Well, they, they carry would usually to...
0: they usually carry what eight. A like eight pitchers in the bullpen along with five starters, so thirteen pitchers. Yeah. If you had thirteen pitchers, and you could
2: probably
1: because relief that.
0: pitchers sometimes pitch two or three days in a row. So yeah, you know, if you say okay, well, no one's going to pitch more than two days in a row. Everyone's going to have their specialty, you know, get out certain right-handers and left-handers, whatever, and everyone's going to pitch about you know on average an inning or two. You could probably yeah. get away with a season of that.
1: You, you probably could if you had enough good relievers. Yeah. Um, that, that's, it's an interesting idea.
0: That said, man, that Plutko kid was really good tonight for the Indians.
1: <laughs> I, d- I didn't see him.
0: So, well, I would turn to it at uh, the quarter breaks and halftime.
1: I would just stare into my phone <laughs> and post and mutter about Ty Lue <laughs> no, but and Jeff Green. So,
0: so Adam Plutko, it's only his second start of the year, his first start. Uh, he gave up three runs in in seven innings against the Blue Jays in that that makeup doubleheader that they played, and he gave up the three runs were like three solo shots, one which barely went out. But then tonight, um, they because they were like transitioning jo- Josh Tomlin to the bullpen, uh, they brought Plutko up from AAA. <laughs>
1: Can we? Can they transition him to a nice farm upstate oh, man, uh, eventually?
0: <laughs> um, but they they brought Plutko up from AAA for second start of the year, ever. Oh, second start in the major leagues ever. And he, They brought him to Wrigley on on the road against the Cubs, against John Lester, and he had a he had a no hitter going into the seventh inning wow. until uh, until uh, what's his name uh, Rizzo doubled into the corner, but then they brought in Andrew Miller, and he got him out of that inning, and then they brought in Cody Allen uh, for, a, for a four-out save, and the Tribe won, won nothing, and you know, it looks like if Plucko can be this good as he's been in the first two starts, you know, being kind of yo-yoed up and down, like, they might have found another good young arm like Clevenger's, so, they, they've got a yeah. really deep, you know, Starting squad, which is why I wouldn't necessarily are advocate for the they Indians still in to do first the, plan. In the Central. Yeah, oh yeah, they're. Yeah. I think because they this win put them one one game over five hundred. I think I think they're twenty four and twenty three, yeah. and then Minnesota's nice. just under five hundred. I think, uh, and then Detroit's lost their last five to drop way back. So, yeah, I mean, look, there the the Indians could probably go five hundred for the year and still win the Central Division. That's how bad the Central Division is right now. But uh if they have any hope of, you know, getting past the the Astros, Yankees and Red Sox are gonna have to they're gonna have to put it all together and their their bullpen right now yeah. is shaky.
1: Well, it'll be an awesome if they can get another good rookie young pitcher and then not start him in the postseason next year. Yeah th- this year. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, uh, that was my Terry my Terry Francona shot. Yeah at least he knows
0: what he's doing <laughs> for most of the year,
1: yeah, that's true. he's he's, you know, he he doesn't have a history of mistakes the way Tai Lu does. although <sighs> Tai Lu does have does Terry Francona have a ring? Yeah.
0: he has two with Boston. yeah, with Boston two with Boston. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so yeah, never mind. he he outranks Tai Lu in the ring department. I did appreciate so. that
2: line. Or I think it was a like a trite ESPN article the other day that was like, Lu has three rings. One as a coach. Brad Stevens has yet to get to the finals. So,
1: let's, <laughs> let's wow. Yep. Yeah.
0: So this just was posted on the thread. Uh, mystery solved. Why why Tyloo didn't play Kyle Korver? Lu says that the Celtics threw us the Cavs for a loop by not playing Semi Ojale. Lou says <laughs> he didn't play Kyle Korver during the during the first quarter because Ojale his matchup didn't check in what <laughs> that's just wow. that's
2: bizarre
1: wow uh,
2: that is not
1: like, he just doesn't know when to not say things <laughs> uh, I mean it wow. just sounds like an idiot <laughs> that just yeah that's you're not acquitting yourself well no when you say things like that that's wow Well, on that note, (laughs) I'm gonna need. (laughs) This has been Cavs the podcast. (laughs) You go take a shump after hearing that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can we talk about highlight
2: for a few minutes or something? Seriously. Yeah, and as
1: always, (laughs) go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Gotta take a shump. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blog Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger fire.
0: home.
2: partner. And we're out.
1: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients
2: get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point.